0: Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the podcast about a podcast that just might be too beautiful to live. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm. And tonight, my podcast partner on the line from the HelloFresh studios in Pawtucket, Rhode Island is Bobby Pape. (laughs) Hi, Showmate.
1: (laughs) Hello, Showmate. I'm just a pile of ingredients that I'm going to throw in the oven. Are
0: we going to get in trouble for using hello fresh is there some sort of trademark
1: no i think we're going to be okay i think that this will already up the quality of their products significantly
0: Ooh, a hot take from bobby on hello fresh
1: it was fine all right i'm looking forward to blue apron now that's
0: so cool you'll have to let us know how they compare of all right well it is a friday show as hopefully you know if you're listening to this bright and early on a friday morning and on tap today we have a 10 interview where we have a guest on to talk about why they listen to the show and share a favorite moment in tbtl history and this is also a coast to coast recording because joining us today from oakland is that right oak i'm in san jose now san jose be california be is Ellen Middaw, and I forgot to ask you if that's the correct pronunciation of your name. You pronounced it correctly. Yay. Yay. Hi, um, hi Ellen. Hi. Hi, Anne. Hi, Bobby. <laughs> it's great to have you with us. Um, our plan, as usual, is to do some LRB business, to find out a little bit more about Ellen, to uh, discuss her TBTL history clip, do a little housekeeping, and tell you how you can get involved with the show. So, getting right into LRB business, we don't have any LRB business. The show is just <laughs> spinning along like a top. Everything's smooth, everything's calm, unlike the state of the country. I mean, we are recording this a few days in advance, but I feel pretty pretty strongly that we'll have a few more crises between now and the day that this episode drops,
1: Right. Yeah, on behalf of America, to anyone in the rest of the world listening, we're sorry. I don't know what for yet, but we're sorry.
2: <laughs> and behalf of my home state of South Carolina, we're sorry as well.
0: <laughs> we're just sorry in general. All right, let's move on to something uh, much more interesting, and let's get to know Ellen. And the first thing I put on the run sheet that uh, I love your answer to is, do we call you doctor? And I said, not unless you have an educational emergency because my PhD is in education. Uh, We could very soon have an educational emergency. That might be something that needs your expertise.
2: Yes, ironically, my topic of research is civic education, so
0: how people learn about politics. I know I'm so interested to talk to you about that. So, as mentioned, you are at San Jose State, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I've I've spent a little time in that area since my youngest brother went to University of Santa Clara.
2: Oh, yes. So right
0: in the same neighborhood, right Did around they the build corner. Like a big library or something at San Jose? Yes, we have a giant library that is um
2: it's a public and university library, so we serve the city, and it's for the university. So it's seven stories. It's gorgeous. It's a really yes, nice library.
0: Yes, because when I went there about, I don't know, 10 years ago now, um, we had to make a point of going to the cool San Jose State Library. Yes. Yeah. It's a, I spend a lot of time there. <laughs>
1: So um, I love that on this show, a majority of people are down with the cool library. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and
2: like um, Anne and Meredith, I actually was for a long time a data analyst. So I knew I liked there. you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's how I became a podcast junkie. So um, I see, and you mentioned that you're originally from Charleston, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. South Carolina. Yes. So, how did you get to San Jose? Um, so, my
2: parents are still in Charleston, but um, they are Democrats, I promise. They've been fighting the good fight. And um, I moved out to California because I, just on a whim, actually, I graduated from college a little bit unexpectedly. I had more credits than I thought. And didn't have a plan and my sister was living in California, so I thought I would come out for a year and ended up staying.
0: Because everybody accidentally graduates from college? <laughs> How does that work? I, I'm not the I, I had credits going in
2: and I didn't talk to my advisor very often. And so I just started getting mail saying I was scheduled to graduate and I hadn't been there the full four years yet and thought And I was on a scholarship, so they said I could stay, but I couldn't keep my scholarship if I stayed, so I went ahead and graduated.
0: Oh. (laughs) (laughs) See, I had something kind of similar, because I went in with credits, too, so I was going to graduate early, but the problem was that I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. And so Neither did I, I. Thought, I thought, can't I just stay in college for the fourth year and just take some classes and figure it out? And they were like, well, actually, you have to be enrolled in some sort of degree program to do mm-hmm. that. So that's how I have a communications minor. I just <laughs> took a couple of extra classes and then burned the rest of the the credits on music classes, actually, but... See, you were destined to be a podcaster, (laughs) I guess.
1: Uh, I actually stayed for a fifth year because I meandered so much and so many of my credits were independent study English Mm. that I had to um, actually take a couple more real classes (laughs) before I could leave. (laughs) But it worked out really well because I similarly – Got toward the end of my fourth year and realized I had no idea what I wanted to do other than come back for another year. So I just did.
2: Yes, I should have stayed. It was – I spent a few years in California just kind of meandering around in my
0: 20s trying to figure out what I was doing.
1: I like that, so that's though. That's what your 20s are for. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. Cool. It I was out. always so worried about the next step that I don't think that I spent the time being free. I was always like, what's the plan? What do I do? What's the next step? The problem is, I was actively worried the whole time while I was
1: meandering around <laughs> figuring it out. Uh, it sounds like you went back at some point, though, because you don't just come out a doctor.
2: No, no, I went to grad school at Berkeley.
1: Okay. And um, oh ho! So you really are a super liberal.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty far left. Which is unusual coming from South Carolina, but my parents, I think, are the only people I know who've gotten more liberal with age
0: too. Oh, mine have too. I think. Yeah, but I, I sort of think—I mean, not to turn this into politics hour—but I think mm-hmm. that um, the meaning of, of conservatism and republicanism has changed that over the true. last generation somewhat. So that is true. There's, there's not the same place for certain people in the party anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So. All right, so I do want to talk about your research, oh, if we can, yes. because it sounds okay. fascinating to me.
2: I, You know, nobody said that until this election. <laughs> it really was a pretty marginal area of research. It doesn't get funded the way science, education, and that kind of thing does. But I've been studying it a long time, what gets young people involved in politics and um what kinds of curriculum actually seem to work because most people's US government classes were not exactly fascinating. Um, so I study different experiences that sustain motivated engagement in politics and community life. And so yes, and more recently I've been actually looking at digital media and civic engagement. So how do people use the internet to find information? What kind of information literacy is needed? So, yes, I suddenly feel incredibly relevant. Yeah. Have
0: you had more <laughs> more interest just recently? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I did a
2: study on experiences with conflict online. Do people see more conflict when they're getting their news through social media? Shocker, yes. Um, mm-hmm. And I have another study looking at the impact on people's, um, particularly adolescents and young adults, their sense of interest in politics, whether it kind of squashes their interest in politics or makes them seem feel less able to participate. Um so that's gotten some attention. And then I have a media literacy study too that I'm trying to finish writing up.
1: How were we able to book you right now between all the Sunday shows? I know. <laughs> I feel like Chuck Todd should be talking to you right now, not us.
2: Well, and unfortunately, I don't have major answers to this problem because we're it's also new, so we're still figuring out the strategies. They're definitely uh, education does seem to help, but it
1: just hasn't been a major focus. So, um... When this is all said and done, uh, as a doctor, will you be qualified to do the postmortem on this?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, I, might I do don't in know. A bunker. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Chris Hayes listens to our show, um, but if you do, Chris, get in touch with us, and we'll get you in touch with Ellen, and you can have a bona fide expert on what went wrong. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Some of this, some of the things that went wrong, were things my colleagues and I have been trying to kind of call attention to, to say, you know, there's all of this new information, but um, it's placing our a- huge burden on citizens to actually understand what the information is and um Mm. and we should be doing more of this in schools preparing young people to actually sift through all the information and understand what's real and what's not and practice actually having civil conversations online you do a lot in classes where you learn to speak to each other respectfully face to face and they just haven't really thought about you can actually learn to do this online as well Hmm. So I study teachers who sort of practice these things with kids and try and figure out which strategies work better.
1: I see a really happy conversation further down in our notes. But before we get there, I'm going to ask one more political question, Uh and then maybe Anne will, too. I don't know, because I'm hijacking this. But (laughs) um, just in light of everything you've said about your studies, Mm -hmm. I'm curious if you saw this coming more than the average person did.
2: I I was not shocked. I thought it was possible. Um, I don't think I saw it coming more than every average person. Um, you know, I still thought Hillary would win. But I did think it was possible. And, um, and I've been obsessively listening to political podcasts. So, so I saw some signs towards the end that with the polling data that made me nervous. Um, and just growing up in South Carolina... I
1: um,
2: you know, I I have some sense that my Bay Area bubble isn't exactly how everyone feels.
1: Well, I've thought the same thing. I think uh, the the lesson, one of the many many lessons that that those of us who have lived in our little worlds for so long have realized now is that we have not been talking to our neighbors, yes, <laughs> enough, and and not respecting their problems and concerns in life because. Once they found someone who said they were listening.
2: Yes. Yeah. And I was sort of aware that um, we had a study where we were looking at whether people forward information that they get. And so whether they actually assess whether the facts are right or whether there are facts involved. And so um, we hadn't finished analyzing it before the election, but the uh, sort of looking into
0: it, it was looking kind of um, concerning. (laughs) I think I read something just today that said that people shared more fake news stories than they shared real news stories mm. on social media Right. that that doesn't surprise me
2: because the mm. fake news mm. stories tend to be more um, sensational.
0: sensational
1: yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, those up on this negativity train ladies yes, <laughs>
0: yes please let's talk about dogs <laughs> I was pulling a Frizzell and snooping through your Facebook pictures, Mm -hmm. and I saw lots of really cute puppy dog pics, and I want to hear all about it. Yes, that's my dog,
2: Archer. Um, He is insane. Um, What kind of dog dog is he? We don't know. He was a mutt on the mean streets of Oakland when we got him, just a little puppy. And the shelter said he was a lab shepherd mix, which I think they just put to say he's Please don't think he's a pit bull. Um, oh, he
0: does look a little pit bully.
2: Yeah, we think he's got some pit bull in him, some ridgeback. He looks mm-hmm. quite a bit like a smaller version of a ridgeback, and then who knows what else. So he's about 60 pounds, super athletic. He climbs trees and rocks and things. And when the first year we had him, we would take him for these seven-mile mountain bike rides every day to wear him out. Um, he's three now, so he's calming down. But yeah, he's a love bug. But he's a—he's uh, not an easy dog. When I hear Meredith talking about Eddie and the training, we're still doing a lot of training with
0: him. My mom occasionally talks about, oh, maybe she'd like a dog, but her criteria are doesn't shed, doesn't want attention, hmm. and doesn't need exercise. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, well, huh. not leaving yourself very many options
2: there. Yeah, that might be a cat. <laughs> a hairless cat. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, no, he's a great dog, and we take him on these sort of long road trips in the summer, taking him all around America, backpacking. Oh, is, and, is he a good car dog? Yeah, he's a great car dog. He actually um, likes to hang out in the car, even when we're just hanging around the backyard. So... <laughs> That's his safe place.
0: Aw. The other thing that I wanted to ask you that I didn't put in the notes that Mm -hmm. I spied in your pictures is there were a couple Mm -hmm. of pictures of, it must have been your wedding. Is that your husband wearing the kilt in the wedding?
2: Yes, my husband is from Scotland, so. um, Like from, direct
0: from Scotland or Yes,
2: he was was born in Aberdeen. Um, Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, most of my in-laws are in Scotland. Do you visit Scotland often? Not often. Um, We do go, let's see, every few years. Um, So we'll probably be going again. His sister's getting married soon, so I think we'll be going. Although she might be getting married in Greece because her boyfriend is Greek, um, our fiancé. Oh, that would Um, be a
0: terrible hardship if you had to go to Greece. Yeah,
2: that would be terrible. (laughs) So (laughs) it's it's more expensive to go there than to sort of bring his mother here. So we go – she comes out every year, and then we go – every few years. But it's a little different when you go and hang out with family because you're basically, you're not going to castles all the time. You are slogging through the rain and sitting in the suburbs and drinking quite a lot.
1: You're just staying at the one family
2: castle. (laughs) His family's pretty spread out. So (laughs) I made him go to a castle um, the first time we went, even though he said it was touristy. But I insisted uh, that that's
0: uh Yeah, you, you have to go to the tourist stuff. Well, and I grew up in
2: Charleston, and I love the touristy stuff there. I will happily go to, you know, old
0: forts and houses and things. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, is there anything else that we should for sure know about you before we start talking TBTL? I don't think so.
2: I think, um, yeah, the only thing you didn't mention that I wanted to share was the data analyst past.
1: That's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> that puts you in good company. Here. I got
0: so excited hearing Anne and Meredith both talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll really just all be nerds together. Mm-hmm.
1: If only there was a place we could nerd out loud.
0: I know. <laughs> the thing about where I work at the University of Minnesota is I'm a statistician, but I work with all engineers And it's Uh, the first time I've ever worked somewhere where I've been the cool person as the statistician. Yes. my husband husband works works, engineers.
2: mm -hmm. (laughs) My sister's an engineer, and my husband works for a tech company, and I seem to remember sitting down at a table of his colleagues, and they all looked at me like the cheerleader had just sat down with them because (laughs) I was just popping in and making small talk. And I thought, huh, you know I was not – popular in high school right i'm one of you guys
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love working with engineers it's really fun yeah all right let's move on i think bobby you're going to uh fulfill
1: the tbtl portion of the interview i think i can handle that and we'll start with this ellen tell us how did you find out about tbtl so i think
2: And I'm worried I'm misremembering, but I think Luke was on Jesse Thorne's podcast, The Sound of Young America, before it became Bullseye a long time ago.
1: You mean before he got too old to host a show called The Sound of Young America? Exactly.
2: (laughs) And I was kind of an early podcast adopter because I needed things to listen to. And, um, and so I think I remember Luke being on there and talking about the show and checking it out from there.
0: That was probably a long time ago. Yeah,
2: I was a very early adopter. There were only a few podcasts. Um, I used to listen to NPR while I did work and... When it would hit a lull, I would once I learned about podcasts, I got kind of hooked and I was sort of actively looking for
1: them. I always like to ask people about this, especially people who started listening very early. Mm-hmm. The Sound of Young America was one of the really early shows. Yeah. Did you have other shows early on that you I listened clung to?
2: Ricky Gervais had a podcast and Oh my before- god, that limited run? It was uh, only like no. ten
0: episodes.
2: It was um, a longer one. It was with Carl Pilkington mm-hmm. and They used to make fun of this poor Carl Pilkington guy. Um, Yeah, I don't think it went for that long, but so I listened to that.
0: Um, Um, Okay, have you seen Carl Pilkington's travel show? No. It's on Netflix. It's Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant decided to send Carl Pilkington to see The Seven Wonders of the World. And for people that don't know, this guy Carl is so (laughs) uninterested in the idea of seeing the rest of the world. And so he they send the rest- him to places that they know he's going to be miserable and just oh, complain excellent. the whole time. It's great. I think it's called, ah, uh, it's like An Idiot's Guide Abroad or something. It's in Netflix. Head. Okay. And I, an Idiot Abroad. An idiot I've abroad, seen commercials for it. I, will look I that up. have never laughed so hard excellent. in my life as watching that show.
2: Yes. Ricky Gervais can be kind of mean sometimes, but listening to them be mean to him, that dynamic worked hmm <laughs> it's, <just>, it's amazing <laughs> excellent so yeah i listened to that i listened to a little bit of keith and the girl because it was the only other big thing but that was more trying to understand the culture and so i that was a little too howard stern for me um mm. but i like i said i was actively looking for podcasts at the time
1: all right well and then the next question as always mm-hmm. uh do you remember your first episode of TBTL?
2: I don't. um, I'm pretty sure I was listening when Jen was on the road. Um, So I remember Jen sort of calling in from different places, but I don't remember the exact first episode.
1: Uh, It took us uh, a few tries. We'll be conservative to get the tech worked out for this episode. And... (laughs) Thinking that you know, some of your first episodes were Jen on the Road <laughs> makes me feel better about the sound yes. quality of this episode. <laughs> but it was, it was early. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you remember the episode that turned you into a 10? Yes. Um, I guess what got me hooked on the show
2: was the Jen getting hit by a hamburger story, which I know you guys have played on other episodes yeah that was Meredith's episode oh yes yeah (laughs) there was just something about the way she was describing it and um yeah that just kind of kept me going even with the sort of gen in and out and the structure Mm -hmm. being uneven um but to be honest I haven't really felt like a 10 until the little red bandwagon started sort of having a bunch of other people talking about the
1: show made me feel more part of it Ellen knew exactly what to say to get to the top of the interview list
2: <laughs> I don't think I put that in my application but <laughs>
1: uh, well you know we're here as a labor of love and it's uh, fun for us every week to get to talk to other people who love it as much as we do so thank you yeah thank you have you had any appearances on TVTL emails voicemails mm-hmm. uh, interviews
2: Nope, not other than having my name mispronounced as a donor so I was actually very impressed that Anne got it right. People usually don't. Yes,
0: um. I'm better than Luke at pronunciations.
2: <laughs> yes, I heard it was sort of midda. <laughs> <laughs> but I was still excited. But no, I I don't tend to call in a lot. I think I emailed a couple times but didn't have anything, you know, that really made it to the top.
1: Well, you know, given the way current events are going, right. uh, you might be in your stride now. You should start thinking about ways you can work in your... <laughs> Working your knowledge. The new question on the block that we're asking, do you have a favorite TPTL drop? Um,
2: I don't know if this counts as a drop, but I love the marsupial griggle, the sort of Andrews. I don't even know. that big, thing.
0: <laughs> that was a good reproduction.
2: Yep. I, <laughs> I, I used to do it out loud a lot when they were playing it a lot. I had been practicing it. And then I love the cat roll. They don't play it anymore, but I loved that whole time uh, when the, Andrew would yeah, get catrolled. Yeah, the cat
0: rolling era is so fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that one made me happy. And no small part to Bobby. Well,
2: <laughs> yes, that's right. You're the one who got Genevieve to put it in the car, right? Uh
1: I, I had help. <laughs> um that that was a that was a Mike and Bobby joint. <laughs> that
2: was awesome.
1: I mean, and that was I uh, you know, in in homage to to Jen Andrews physically mailing a cd across the country to genevieve excellent. (laughs) to put in that car um i'm I'm glad it's retired though i'm glad i've reached a point where i can email andrew and he will open things because he's not paranoid (laughs) right
0: right i I mean we could have had fun with that for a long time but at some point we would have been burbanking the joke yes right (laughs) i think it went about the right amount of time
1: yeah uh and as always finally and you You have listened to the show many times, Mm -hmm. so you know this is coming. Why does TPTL matter to you?
2: Well, aside from being a person who just doesn't like to be alone with my thoughts, um, having (laughs) something every day is wonderful. But um, I just really, when I started, I really loved listening to Luke and Jen because they were so kind of honest about their feelings. Um, And you guys have talked about the Jen magic. And um, I just really loved sort of all the little... Uh, segments Jen would produce in the granny time. But then when Andrew came on, I actually loved it even more in certain ways because um, I'm kind of an Andrew. I'm an introvert. Well, I'm an Andrew on the inside. On the outside, I'm definitely not an Andrew. I love cheese and I'm short and I like to exercise and I hate sausage. But <laughs> You're the anti-Andrew. On the outside, but on the inside, all the sort of puttering and the introversion and the overthinking things. I'm very much an Andrew that way. Um, And so for me, it's kind of nice to hear Andrew and Luke interact and to sort of, um, I always felt when I'd listened to Luke and Jen, they were extroverts and I always feel a little bit like I wish I could be an extrovert. And then to hear that Luke's actually really insecure too and, you know, the ways in which they share their perspectives is kind of fun.
0: Mm -hmm. And Luke and Andrew really lift each other up in a way that I like a lot. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, And Anne will set it up in a second, but I think you actually, you picked a clip that really celebrates their, just the way they play off one another. That's why I love it.
2: Well, and I love Kaira's (laughs) doll. I I think Anne shares that with me. I'm not sure.
0: (laughs) We'll talk about it. (laughs) <laughs> well, so let's not wait. Let's okay. let's get this get this set up. Um the clip that Ellen has picked is from October 24th, 2014. It was episode number 1716, Don't be a Dombass. And this is a pretty famous TBTL episode, right? And I made a list. I listened back to the whole episode, not just the portion that we're going to play. And Mm -hmm. I made a list of some of the other things that happened in that episode. It was the first time, I believe, that Luke played the perro drop that now introduces Rudy. Yes, Um, There was a a very unnecessarily long and detailed discussion of Andrew's plan to go to the gym more and the struggle of making the gym a part of your daily routine. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, Luke told the story of... um, they were talking about bad interviews again and Luke told the story about how um, Addie was in class and the teacher used Luke's cigarose episode oh. or interview oh, wow. as the illustration of what not to do in an interview. <laughs> there was a cat roll, Andrew catrolled Luke, and so then Luke dirt rolled Andrew, if you remember that awful Cleveland Browns tribute band, oh, Dirt. God. So they had that going on. We had uh, an OPP from Listener Alley whose roommate was, thought that she was anorexic. And we have the Donbass parking story where Luke talked about parking the wrong way in front of the post office at Port Townsend and the person that left the note calling him the Donbass. And you didn't pick any of these things to talk about.
1: I you know. Picked-
2: when I, I listened back and I thought, because I remember this sort of... The Kai Rizdal impression so well, and then when I listened back, I thought, "This is the dumbass show." How did I not remember that? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'll add a couple of notes uh, yeah. to this, which is this episode is so chock full of great content um, <laughs> that we have actually used it before. <laughs> uh, our, our episode uh, from back at the beginning of October with Phyllis features this episode, but completely different parts of it. I
2: remember yep. because I heard that and I thought, <laughs> oh, I'm not going to get on now because they've already used this one and um, that's when I realized that the one I'd selected was actually the Don Bass show. I'm always yeah. picking the things that other people, uh, there, there are a bunch of things that people complain about that I think, oh, that was so funny, or I really loved them going on like that.
1: <laughs> There's plenty left to break down in this uh, uh, <laughs> But I also just want to say, this this is to the credit of the the archivists, because mm-hmm. this is a great example of where what our archivists have noted about an old episode will go so much deeper than what TBTL will write up, because the entire description for this episode on the TBTL website is as follows. Luke gets a series of angry notes on his car for how it's parked, and Andrew tries to talk himself into going to the gym after the show. <laughs> It sounds like a perfectly forgettable episode (laughs) It does. (laughs) If
0: it wasn't for the archivist, this material could be lost to history. (laughs) All right. So the part that we are going to talk about, though, that Mm -hmm. you've chosen, Ellen, um, it comes in on the heels of the Donbass conversation. And I left a little bit, the, the beginning of the clip is when they're talking about some other Dombass Bass um, did a parking job next to Andrew that effectively blocked him into his um, parking spot at the at the radio station. Because we need that to get into the context of the clip, which is simply Luke doing his impression of Kai Rizdal doing Marketplace Money headlines from Led Zeppelin songs. Yes, I mean that's all that that is. So it let's take a listen to so that, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll come back and talk about why it's such a great clip. Okay.
3: In the case of the car that blocked you in, I mean, if you look at the photo, it's 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 unreal. It's almost like somebody's trying to mess with you.
4: Yes, exactly. That, that is exactly how I felt. And I thought it might have been Warren Olney because he always parks next to me in the mm-hmm. morning. Um, but I don't know what his car looks like. But yeah. he assured me. I showed him the picture this morning. He has a Lamborghini he Countach. It, he does. Oh, another car that always parks near us because I think it must be us who get in so early, get these kind of prime spots right by the science building door that you have to walk through. And so the other car, so it's me, Warren, and somebody who drives a, like it's like a Saturn or something, like a black Saturn with a bad paint job with a license plate Led Zeppelin with some characters missing in order to make it fit of course now i um, want to meet the led zeppelin person that's great that
3: is not a person i would expect to be parking early next to the science building at a college
4: i know Um, weird right
3: but you know it's funny you mentioned this car that's blocking you in how you took i think it's kai Rizdal, by the way oh my god the led zeppelin car or the person who blocked you in the led zeppelin car sorry silver lining alert we're about to go over the hills and far away
4: I get it. It's a
3: Led Squeeze Zeppelin. my lemon Wall Street squeezed my lemon baby, but the juice <laughs> didn't run down my leg. <laughs> yeah, do you me to go if, on? I like the
4: way you know that uh, you were a um, you were an adolescent boy in America. <laughs> if you can only li- if you can only name or quote one Led Zeppelin lyric, it's always gonna be the dirtiest one. Right. The lemon song one. Anyway uh um, retail
3: retail real estate numbers are in, and these houses are anything but holy.
4: <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I agree with you. I want to riff with you on this, but I just want to come back to say that that idea of somebody touching your stuff is yeah. where, because this, the, to bring it back to this parking spot situation where I park, and that person was parked like a jerk, but it is an issue here. Parking on campus is tough and it's always an issue. People can't find parking. I have a parking spot every day because I get in so early, but the spaces are really narrow because obviously they're trying to jam as many in as possible. So often, even if somebody isn't parked like a total jerk, it is still hard for me to get into my spot because people all drive SUVs now, and those SUVs are too big, and these parking spots right. are made for cars. And so somebody parks next to me, like, some, I haven't had to crawl through the passenger side yet, but often it'll be a really tight squeeze. And, again, it's, it's just the fault of small spaces and people driving too big cars, and what can you do about that? Um, But um, sometimes somebody – and I don't even think this is necessarily a, a thing of malice. It might be a helpful thing or whatever. But, you know, I have those side view mirrors that fold in. Mm-hmm. and every now and then I'll come out and right as I'm turning I'll know, you know I'll, somebody has I'll pushed already, your mirror somebody in. has pushed it in oh, for me oh hell and my no ne- really that's funny because my knee jerk reaction is always like you, who touched my car I'm with you like I always notice that once I'm driving but then I'm like well maybe they did that honestly to kind of protect it because they park close and we're all in this together like I do not think that whoever did that to me did it out of malice or even selfishness oh, that's really? what always bugs me it's like oh, selfishness it's probably somebody who's kind of like well I need to you know I need to get out here these mirrors come in but i always have this ne- knee-jerk reaction of some son of a bitch was out here touching my car when i wasn't here
3: yeah i don't i wouldn't like that because to, that would seem to me like if you have to and i wouldn't do that to somebody else's car i would never yeah push somebody's too. mirror in because it would be like if that's what i have to do to fit in this space then maybe this is not the space for me amazon reporting profits today but it turns out they were over the hills and far away nice very good um very good If anybody wants to just call me this weekend, I can just do this for a couple of hours. Uh, Do you have a list
4: of the songs for you? Because I feel like I would have been a bigger Led
3: Zeppelin fan than you. No, I, um, I was really obsessed with the record Houses of the Holy. I got That's it as I got it as a Columbia House CD pick. Mm-hmm. I uh, learned for I, in, when I was a senior in high school, we had to do a project in one of the classes where we had to do something for 50 hours. This was like, uh, you know, pre-Malcolm Gladwell, but it was Gladwellian, the, the, <laughs> per, the teacher just basically said, you have to do something for a lot of time. And then you just have a whole class to present it at the end of the year. Like you had an entire class period to show whatever it was you'd done. And... Um, it was pretty interesting. The teacher was named Mr. Livingston. This was at Nathan Hale High School. It was pretty interesting because um, there were some kids who did pretty great stuff, and then there were some kids who clearly tried to pull something out of their ass. And it, this was your whole grade for the quarter. I mean, this was, you didn't have to do any homework the entire quarter. You went in. He talked about, like, Russian literature or something, and then you would – and then you were just supposed to be working independently on this thing. I remember this one kid – so I decided to learn guitar, and I learned enough guitar. I played the Led Zeppelin song, Over the Hills and Far Away. Hey, lady, you got the love I need. I learned it from tablature, which is the most agonizing way to learn a song,
4: mm-hmm.
3: because it just tells you zero, one. It's like binary. And if you are supposed to press the string down, there is a, like an indicator, like you press the string down at this point at, on the fretboard, and then you let it up, and then you press this one down, and you let it up. And this is how you learn how to play guitar. So I, I was crappy, but but it was clear that I had put in more than fifty hours because I went from having no knowledge of guitar to being able to kind of play a few songs. So I did fine. I was like in the middle of the accomplishment scale. But there was this one kid named Brendan Boyd, really smart guy, really like good looking dude, very outgoing, and a, apparently like a really good piano player. Mm-hmm. And his thing was, I'm going to learn how to play guitar.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But he also, I think, was kind of a, a procrastinator. Um, owing to the fact that he was a smart kid and he probably was usually able to kind of pull it out at the end, but you can't pull out playing a musical instrument at the end. Mm -mm. And so we had to spend an hour. I mean, I think he had like the weekend before the class decided like, I'm going to try to just get this thing dialed in. So now imagine an entire class hour. This is supposed to be the result of, I said 50, it might've even been a hundred hours. I can't remember. It was like a massive time commitment you were supposed to have put into this thing. And now we're watching him just like he can't play anything like he can't play a chord he's trying like it's all it's just super like stoppy starty Uh, hold on you know have you ever been around somebody who's trying to play guitar they can't play guitar they hold hold on Mm -hmm. Um, hold on uh, 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 and it's like just keeps not being the thing they're trying to make it and also guitar is pretty hard like if you're not pressing the strings down enough there's no sound is he
4: doing the same song that you are no
3: no no no. he was doing some other stuff
4: just some okay not non Led zeppelin non-zeppelin no okay. he was not getting the lead out the way I was. he was keeping the lead in yeah in fact way <laughs> in okay, i'm gonna score the rest of the story with some zeppelin though go ahead please um yeah. what do you think is the best zeppelin song by the way i don't know but it's got to be something off of houses of the holy right i'm just lo- i just picked this one kind of randomly um yeah it's got to. i mean i don't know i feel like it's been so long. Like when I think about Led Zeppelin and I think about the relationship I used to have with them, like the I crunch. I have an to I'm just this.
3: looking at this album. Yeah, I know the crunch. I can remember. <laughs> I don't remember. even like, know how the
4: crunch goes. Could you play the when crunch? When you hear it. Yeah, let me find this.
3: I can play it from here if you want.
4: Okay, you do it. I'll just stop this then.
3: I was huge in the Seattle crunch scene. Yeah. Back in the. Um,
4: but, like, I have an affinity towards, like, the records, and I look back at it and I think, oh, yeah, I, I, I should listen. I was even just thinking, I should listen to Led Zeppelin 2 on the way home. But the second I start hearing it, it's just like, that ship has passed. Or sailed. sailed. See, I always liked this song now that I hear it.
3: Oh, right. This is the one oh, that I really, like, kind of I hate feel. this one. This one gets like, ah, ah.
4: Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I ain't disclosing no names, but
0: his show sure is a good friend. I ain't, I
4: ain't it's no November what, what rain. Was this, on, was this, this wasn't on House of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, it was. If I tell you, you
0: won't come again.
3: Hey. Anyway, um sorry to our listeners. Um
4: yeah. We really. So um, you
3: did. You, I, I don't, don't think you finished your stories.
4: Days. Dance and dance. Oh, I was going to bring up some Boogie with Stew here. Remember Boogie with Stew? Is this off of the—I don't this think I know um, no, this. is off of—no, uh, this is not—this uh, is physical graffiti, I think.
3: See, this shows you, this shows you what a non-completist I am. So, I listened to Houses of the Holy incessantly, front to back. But that's
4: good. If you're going to do it to the Led Zeppelin record, that's the one to do it. I know,
3: but most other people, if they like something, they're like, oh, I I really like this, you know, I like this sound of this band, I like this album. They would then branch out and, like, learn some of the other music. I'm just the kind of person Mm -hmm. that's like, yeah, I just like that Led Zeppelin record. That's enough for me. Mm -hmm. Because I'm so. I I don't know. I I admire people who are much more into being. This is. Come on, man. I don't even want to think about how many copyrights you're being violated right now by us or by us.
2: Dance
4: dance us. Oh, you know what I realized listening back to the show the other day, Luke? Huh. When I do stuff like that, when I sing along or when oh, oh you're there's a delay. Yeah, when remember we were trying to time the um, the the rim shot perfectly from me telling jokes and there yeah, was, yeah. Like it a, was like a like a two second delay, delay on it. You and I were totally playing by a different set of rules, but you made like it I work totally with the rim shot. Sort of. It wasn't until I listened to it later that I was like, oh, that's why the ones that I thought were really good you thought were off. And the ones that I thought were off, you were like, you nailed it.
3: We got there, though, and that's the important thing. We got there. Um, So anyway, I don't know what the end of the story is. The end of the story is with the music is I played Led Zeppelin. It was not great but passable. uh, Houses of the Holy. The end of the story with the parking is just I'm a real dombass turns out.
4: You are a Dom Bass. I, I guess what I wanted to go with this, and I, I think we're kind of getting a little bit long on time here, but so <laughs> have you ever gotten to the point where you 47 minutes notes? in and
3: we haven't gotten to one story that's on the list. But uh, other than that, I would say we're doing well. Well, the
4: parking thing was kind of on the list. I was going to mention it, I guess you're right. Yeah. But you um, you were saying, so I was saying that like once every couple of months I see some Dom Bass who's just like parked in some way that just drives me crazy, mm-hmm. but I never leave a note. I think maybe once in my life I left a note, and mm-hmm. I'll bet you that was in high school or college. Um, Because I have a very self-righteous thing. When I see somebody who's, like, acting in a selfish way in public, like, parking their car in some dombass way that, Mm. like, bugs everybody. um, Or it just kind of shows that, like, they don't even – to me, those people probably aren't even thinking about it. And that's what drives me nuts, that you can go through life just thinking about yourself and not even realize that you're thinking about yourself because that's how much you're thinking about yourself. Right. Um, And so I want to leave notes, but I never do. Have you ever left the note? Um... I don't think I
3: ever have, because I'm usually the Dombass. In other words, Mm -hmm. I'm the person, like, here's what I saw. The person who parked you in, that was totally unacceptable, but I could tell I know exactly what was going through their mind. They had a paper that was due. Mm -hmm. It had to be in by 4 o'clock. They pulled in. They were jumping out. They were running in to hand the paper off to the professor they were running back and getting in their car. And in their mind, and I'm not saying this makes it okay because it doesn't, because you might have needed to leave and then it would have been a really annoying situation. But in their mind it was like, oh no, 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 I'm just going to do this thing really quick and then I'm just going to, and I'm that kind of person. So usually I'm the person who's parked the wrong direction in Port Townsend or is, you know, somehow blocking somebody else because I know in my mind it's just going to be super fast. Which is a bad way to go through life. I'm endeavoring to do that less just because of the fact that Dancing Days are here again. And I mm-hmm. think we should all mm-hmm. comport ourselves differently in light Did of you that you information. Did you
4: use that in the Kai Rysdal thing? Because Dancing Days are here again would be perfect for... Hmm.
3: Dancing like, Days are here again for BP, which announced profits are up $12 billion over last quarter.
4: Hold on, I want to throw some more at you. Okay. This is better than anything else you have on the list. (laughs) Yes, Um, but that doesn't mean this is good. No, no, I didn't (laughs) say that, and I certainly didn't imply it. I'm going to give you an easy one. Okay. Sick Again off of Physical Graffiti. Sick Again.
3: Housing starts sick again as the first quarter report is out. New construction down 3%, and Wall Street does not like it.
4: Okay, that was an easy one. This one is a mid-range difficult one. The Wonton Song. Maybe this is actually a top-range difficult one. The Wonton Song. Chinese
3: restaurant P.F. Chang's went public today, and they've got people singing the Wonton Song. Very good. Love it. As the stock went up $20 a share here on its first day of public trading.
4: I like that. I think okay now I'm gonna give you a top level tough one. Okay. okay? I'm ready. Um let me hold on. I wanna I wanna choose this correctly. I got a whole list. I have a list here. I'm looking at I am looking at every Led Zeppelin song ever, by okay. the way, including okay. weird things I've never heard of from uh re releases and stuff. Okay. Um I don't even know how to say the second French word in that, so <laughs> I'm not gonna give you that one. Um Oh, <laughs> Luke, you know where I'm going. I don't. Jamaica? Dyer, <laughs> Dyer
3: Maker? All right. Um. <laughs> now, here's the question. Am I supposed to go with the phonetic sound of Jermaker or am I supposed to go with the larger question of did you have sex with her? <laughs> which is what the which is what
4: Jamaica is. I think um, Jermaker is a reference to. I see. But it's also a reference to Jamaica, right? We had a big conversation. Somebody wrote us in. and and It's a joke because Jamaica
3: is Jamaica. It's Jamaica, but it's also did you get – did you hook up with her?
4: Jamaica. Gotcha, yeah. So it's kind of um, either – let's see. I want Um, you – you know, artist's choice on this one. Okay.
3: Let's see here. Okay. Um,
4: Because I would actually say –
3: Okay, I've got – Well, you can go either way. Okay. Citizens of the U.K. unhappy with David Cameron today over news that the EU says that England owes more money to the EU because of its profitability. People asking David Cameron, why Jamaica
1: with
3: oh. the EU? It's a kind of, a kind yeah, sort of. No. It was a long climb yeah. for a short slide. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm that's very proud on of a, you. That's a based on a real news story from this morning, I am by the way. super proud of Thank you. Thank you. You know what? I had my own applause ready to go.
4: No, no. I'll provide the applause.
3: <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Well, um, let's see. show's just about over. All right. I'll over. see you later, man. Yeah, that
4: was great, actually. We should do TBTL at some point today.
0: All right. So the first question that I had when mm-hmm. I listened to this clip again was, what kind of car does Kairos drive? <laughs> And so I got uh, the old Google fired up, not Ooh, thinking I that guess I would first? actually... Yes, go <laughs> ahead.
2: I'm guessing... I think he might be a BMW guy.
0: Hmm. Or an Audi. Well, I found uh, an article from Marketplace from 2011, and the actual content of the article is is not important. It was about cars. But it has a photo of a Kai Rizdal uh, he looks to be about 30 years Mm -hmm. old and here's the caption marketplace host Kai Rizdal on cars wow this makes me a little sad then 1971 Oldsmobile convertible in photo Uh red white top went about a million miles an hour now Honda minivan with 150,000 miles on it oh wow (laughs) so at least five years ago he was driving a Honda minivan Okay, that makes me happy, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I did not mention in this photo, of the 30-year-old Kyra's doll is wearing a, a navy uniform <gasps> and um, mirrored That's aviator shades, and he, he has what my friend refers to as Top Gun hair. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I, um, I mean, I, I have said before on this program that Kyra's doll is on my list based on... On his voice alone, but I didn't really know very much about him. And so Wikipedia says that he spent eight years in the Navy, first flying a Northrop Grumman E 2 Hawkeye from the aircraft carrier USS Theodore Roosevelt. And later as a Pentagon staff officer, then he got his M.A. in national security studies from Georgetown and joined the U.S. Foreign Service, serving in Ottawa and then Beijing. And I believe he speaks fluent Chinese. I can't remember if it's Mandarin or Cantonese. So I think what this means is that um, Luke's mockery of Kai Risdal is based entirely on jealousy. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I think that was true just of the radio career actually.
2: Yes, I think you're I think we're not the only people who have had a voice crush on Kyra Dahl in the past.
0: Yes. <laughs> and have you seen his tweets lately? I mean, I'm not on Twitter I but have for some not reason I've been following I, him on Twitter. I caught one of one of his tweets and then I went and looked at his Twitter feed. Uh, He says some pretty incendiary stuff. He is not afraid to put his political opinions out there. I will have to follow him. I've
2: been listening. He's got a new podcast. I've been listening to that. I meant to check that out. What is it about? It's about political things. So they take a topic. It's called, I think, Make Me Smarter or something like that. Um, And they so the first one, they've only done two now. And the first one they had um different listeners calling in from both sides of the political spectrum talking about things they want the other side to know and then um i haven't listened to the second one yes yet but it's a little more informal they kind of talk back and forth and um make fun of each other a little bit so it's a little less polished marketplace but it's still produced
0: i'm gonna add it to my feed
1: (laughs) And I will say, I'm looking at Kyristol's Twitter feed. Now, you're right. He is not afraid to take on the hot button issues. Mm-mm. Just five hours ago, somebody tweeted at him today's article from Deadspin about whether or not Tim Tebow should actually be eating guacamole with a spoon. Yay or nay? <laughs> Kyristol says, Yay.
2: They did talk about avocado in their podcast, too. I guess he has strong feelings on the topic.
1: (laughs) Well, as I ranted on Facebook recently at someone who was pro-Mexican wall, it's okay if poor people can't get avocados in the future of America. It's the stuff we import about cars and medical technology that I'm worried Mm. about. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah. Boy, I'm gonna follow Kyra's yeah, doll. I'll put the link in the show notes, everybody. And Not that you need it. His handle is Kyra's doll.
0: Whoa. <laughs> All right. Well we could talk about Kyra's doll forever. <laughs> At least Ellen and I
1: could. Yes. <laughs> I'm tingling. I'm enjoying it too, don't worry. <laughs> he's a he's a handsome, beautifully voiced man. <laughs> Now, if only I could get him to hop into Warren Olney's Lamborghini Countach.
0: (laughs) It's funny because I was pulling clips for a clip show today, and Luke also made a reference to a Lamborghini Countach in that. So I think that's the one model of Lamborghini
1: he knows. I think it's the one model of Lamborghini worth knowing. Ah, It's a perfectly good pull. Uh, I'm sure someone he knew had a poster of one, probably as a kid. So, you know. I'm looking at the picture right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take one other note talking about these cars, Uh and then it'll be a good transition into Led Zeppelin talk. When we did the Donbass episode, I actually used a picture for the show picture of LRB 157, I think, of this old Pontiac Grand Prix that I see around Pawtucket all the time it's following me it's places where i host trivia i saw it outside city hall one day and the license plate is led Zepp. oh excellent (laughs) on this beautiful old boat of a car
2: how early do you think they had to get in there to get that license plate
1: Pretty, well, so Rhode Island went from five digits to six. We're a small state, so six digits is now still the maximum. And so I'm thinking when they opened it up to six, that person was like first mm-hmm. in line.
0: Yeah, when Andrew said that this car in question was a a black Saturn with the license plate Led Zeppelin shortened up to make it work, I was like, wait, how? You can't you can't not <laughs> tell us what the actual license plate said.
1: <laughs> Well, California is a big state, so it's probably like seven or eight digits. Mm-hmm. Seven, so I think. you can probably get, you know, L D Z P L N or something. Yeah. <laughs> this just continues my love and hate of vanity license plates. This is why I take pictures of every vanity license plate I see.
0: And I like Luke's
1: observation
0: that that is not the kind of car you'd expect to see parked by the science building, in early in the morning, especially. Mm. But I don't know. Maybe it's a grad student. That's what <laughs> yes, I would think.
1: exactly. That's what I would think. Yeah. Do we want to take a deep dive on Led Zeppelin? Are you are you ladies as passionate about Led Zeppelin as you are about Kai Brisdal?
0: Um, somewhat less passionate, mm. I would say. I I had a
2: phase, um, which I think, yeah, I think there's an age limit. Maybe I'm not sure, but I seem to remember listening to it in
1: high school and then I was done. I think because I'm a little bit younger, Mm. I missed the first wave of Led Zeppelin love. And so like a lot of things from the generation before me, I get the greatest hits. So I think at one point I was thinking, Oh, we're probably gonna to wanna to know what's my favorite Led Zeppelin song mm-hmm. and it's really hard not to just pick one of the bigger hits mm-hmm. because they're the songs that I heard so much more often. I still think it's gotta be a whole lot of love just because of that, that opening riff. Ah. But, but I I couldn't I can't go too deep on it because it was just it just, you know, I don't know. I musically I'm a child of the nineties, so I just don't have I don't have the chops.
2: Yeah, I'm about the same age as Luke and Andrew, and so I think the actual first Led Zeppelin wave was my friend's father was actually into it, but I noticed there was this period of time where every 18-year-old boy discovered Led Zeppelin and really got into it and Mm -hmm. sort of did the deep dive and then moved on.
0: Uh, Yeah, Yeah. I had a couple of friends for sure that were big into Led Zeppelin, but I was a choir kid, and they don't do a lot of versions (laughs) of Led Zeppelin songs in choir, so I never really quite got into it. I was in marching band. I don't think we
2: did that.
1: (laughs) Uh, My high school choir senior year did Bohemian Rhapsody, Mm -hmm. so we were just at the other end of the spectrum of the era, I think.
2: So, yes, I think it amused me because I just had this period of time where I noticed every boy of a certain age at a time seemed to have their Led Zeppelin phase.
1: So you don't have a favorite dirty song lyric you'd like to share? Oh, Oh,
2: what's the squeeze my lemon one? Uh, The lemon song, yeah. 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 I mean, that's not my favorite song, but that's the dirtiest one I remember.
0: You mean Wall Street squeeze my lemon baby, that the juice didn't run down my leg? We talk about this um, this fifty hours project that Luke talked about yes. in high school, having to do this, <laughs> although he's somewhat confused whether it was fifty or a hundred hours. Right, but uh, the senior project where you had to learn something for some specified amount of time and then present it to the class. And first of all, I'm actually surprised that Luke did the work. So am I.
2: I actually remembered this. Incorrectly, because I remembered the story, but I would now remembered it as Luke had procrastinated and interminably sort of picked out his song one note at a time, and it turns well, out well that's it was, what makes sense. Right, <laughs> turns out it was Brendan Boyd. Oh, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> And the idea of a Led Zeppelin song, note by note, sounds excruciating.
1: Brendan Boyd was apparently a, a good pianist, so he figured he could phone it in on guitar. Right. <laughs> that was Luke's remembering of how that went down. See,
2: doesn't that sound Wrong. like Luke, though? <laughs> it does.
0: <laughs> yeah, that surprised me. I actually decided that I wanted to learn guitar a couple of years ago. Oh. I mean, I, because I played the piano okay, mm-hmm. and so I asked for just a a non-fancy guitar for Christmas, and I started uh, learning some of the fingering, and I was like, this is hard, and I keep meaning to get back to it, but I haven't. It's just a completely different thing from the piano. Yeah,
2: it seems, I don't, well, I don't do music anymore at all, but I never did chords, so that's all out of my wheelhouse.
1: I feel like this is the way I learned how to drive stick, which was that I told myself, it can't be that hard Drunk idiots have been doing this for decades. (laughs) Good point. And I think about the people who can pull out a guitar and play one song. And so for my generation, that song would be, I don't know, probably Green Day's Time of Your Life. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh (laughs) You
1: know the guy who can play one song Mm -hmm. and anything else, he's terrible. But somehow he's figured out that one song, if he can do it. I could probably do it if I applied myself, but I've never tried guitar. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just never interested me. remember guys in high school pulling out the guitar
2: to play Stairway to Heaven.
1: Yep. Sure. Yeah.
2: Or a little bit of Freebird, because I did grow up in South Carolina. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the way— If you're that- going to learn
1: a little bit of a song, baby, don't pick the longest <laughs> possible song. Yeah, Maybe.
0: I really, really enjoyed this story from Luke because he is such a good storyteller. Mm-hmm. And the way he described Brendan's performance, mm. uh, sort of fumbling and going, uh, hold on, uh, hold on, uh, hold on. I had this visceral feeling like, oh, God, no.
2: I could. I had the same experience. I could feel it. And, and I have actually seen painful high school musical performances. So.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, Luke said he was not getting the lead out, and Andrew replied (laughs) he was keeping the lead in.
2: (laughs) Yeah, what I loved about this is just in the Jen days, I think it would have stressed Jen out to go on a whole tangent with the Led Zeppelin thing. And I, I just like how Luke and Andrew, sometimes for... Not a very good outcome. We'll go on a tangent. But sometimes they kind of strike gold and it's fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, Because Jen had things that she wanted to accomplish.
2: Exactly. And I love her segments.
0: <laughs> yeah. she. I, I don't know if you want to say that she was results driven or she mm. just wanted to follow through the plan. But she kind of... Or organized. to did her best to, to keep Luke on track as yes. much as one person can keep Luke on track. But Andrew is totally willing just to go off on that tangent with him, which yes. leads them to some really interesting places.
1: Jen also had to hit the post on news breaks and commercials. Right. Through. And now they can just go and go, go and go.
2: <laughs> Nothing like a two-hour TBTL. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, I noted it was at this point where a classic TVTL moment happens and the guys directly apologize to the listeners for the conversation they're having, but then don't stop having that conversation. Yes. Right. What
2: was it they said something about being, oh, 47 minutes in without hitting the story, I see. Yeah. Right.
1: 47 <laughs> minutes in and they still haven't hit the top
0: the story.
2: <laughs> I noticed that when I was listening. I thought, oh, things never change.
0: <laughs> nope. And um, so at, at that point, at the 47-minute point or whatever, they kind of try to wrap up the Dombas story and the mm-hmm. Andrew Parking story, and I thought it was super interesting because they're talking about leaving a note, and right? Andrew says that once in a while... He sees a person parking like a Donbass, but he never leaves a note. Maybe he he thinks about it, he wants to, but he doesn't leave the note. And I thought, that is so interesting, given where we are in the show right now. Exactly. I listened to that and I thought, oh,
2: previewing the Great Battle of Wallingford.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is
1: before he got his purple pen. Right. (laughs) Wait, I thought it was pink. His pink, his pink pink ink, Bobby. Pink, pink, excuse me, pink, pink ink, right. Purple would be aggressive.
0: (laughs) Yes, purple is something totally different.
1: Yeah, I would hate to send mixed signals with your car note.
0: And then, of course, Luke says that he would never leave a note because he's the one who's usually being the Donbass. And he goes on to give a really great Mm -hmm. rationalization about, you know what this person who blocked Andrew and was probably thinking, I'm just going to be a couple of minutes. I'm just going to run in and I don't know, drop my paper off and then I'll be gone. So um, he's very used to those mental gymnastics of justification. Yes. That's very classic,
2: classic Luke. I know you guys will talk about this later, but I was listening to Dave, him talking about trying to get to the airport on time. And I thought that's how this happens. (laughs) (laughs)
0: challenging the limits of space and time exactly (laughs) so the part now where they start really having fun is that andrew starts challenging luke it's not just luke coming up with a couple of song titles that he knows for led zeppelin and putting the kairos dell spin on them now andrew's giving him titles and he has to come up with something and i thought that that was really a good showcase for luke's mental dexterity
2: yes that's when i started really laughing and just and i was impressed he was able to take a news story and bring in a led zeppelin song and put it together and uh and i thought luke predicted brexit through dire maker
1: or deer maker or however you say that one Um, we're going with officially didger maker maker. (laughs) if i remember correctly from the way the guys wanted to land on that
2: but yes, he was talking about David Cameron and the European Union, and I thought, oh, wow, okay, not only did we preview the Great Battle of
0: Wallingford, but also Brexit. <laughs> and this was also a little bit um, of a showcase for, for Andrew's love of quizzes. It was just kind of a pop quiz yes. instead of his usual kind of torturous quizzes. Oh, Andrew, qu- quizzes. which is
1: why it was so much better.
2: <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. know. Every time Andrew does a quiz, I get really excited for him because I love quizzes, too, and I think they'll be funny, and they never quite go the way he wants them to. No.
1: (laughs) WGBH out here every Friday does uh, a news quiz in the last hour of their midday news program, and it's a couple of longtime commercial talk radio hosts who got pulled over to public radio after Boston's talk radio station died. And so they are very light on their feet and lighter than the average uh, you know, public radio host. And they have guests in who play the news quiz. And it's very similar to what Andrew used to produce on Cairo. I, I think that when they go to these conventions and things, uh, news quiz is probably one of the things they trade notes on. Uh, do you think
2: they have a panel on news quiz? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. With buzzers. Right.
2: Um Led by
1: Peter and, Sagal. And I, yeah, I remember uh, I remember his Cairo news quizzes from time to time, and they were great, but they played to that format mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. really well. I think the problem with CBTL is, is it's too easy to get sidetracked for the discipline it takes to do that. Yes. Yeah. Well, one of my personal um,
0: favorite Andrew quiz things is when he does it on After These Messages. You know, maybe everybody doesn't listen to After These Messages here, but... He, I mean, makes probably these, do. he makes up these quizzes for Genevieve, they're too and they hard. are so hard, I know. and she gets so mad at him <laughs> because they're so
2: hard. And he thinks, oh, this one will be easier, and it's not.
0: He just has no uh, concept of what the appropriate level of questions are. I know. It's a good thing he's not a
2: professor, actually. I'm thinking his tests would be... <laughs> A bit
1: random. As
0: long as he grades on a curve, I don't care. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a diagnosis from our doctor of education.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was actually when I would listen to the after these messages once. I thought, this is terrible. (laughs) You know
1: what, though? I don't care because it gets Genevieve riled up. That's enjoyable. (laughs) Uh i know this episode is a never-ending fountain of content but is there anything else we want to get into tonight about this episode (laughs) well i do i I have a couple more things i just want to say at
0: the very end of the segment and the show andrew says we should do tbtl at some point today (laughs) (laughs) which is great (laughs) excellent excellent And then the other thing that I wanted to contribute to this is I think that it was this episode that occasioned my very, very first interaction with Mike Frizzell on Facebook. (gasps) And I am 100% sure that he doesn't remember this because it was still back in the days when he was the TBTL blogger. So he would do the blog every day. And he put up a snarky thing about Kai Rizdal on there that I thought was hilariously funny. And, of course, feeling the way that I feel about Kai Rizdal, I was moved for perhaps the first time ever to comment. And I put some funny thing, well, I thought it was funny, about how I was not going to stand for this character assassination of Kai Rizdal anymore. And that I would meet Luke in any shitty parking lot and fight him (laughs) over this. (laughs) And Mike replied to me with this explanation of, "Well, you know, it's just because Kyra's doll is so smooth, it it gets to the point of self-parody." And I was like, "Oh crap, he thinks I'm serious. He just doesn't know me." <laughs> I think that's so sweet that he explained himself to you. <laughs> yeah. And so I I replied to him something like yes but every i understand but every girl needs a good piece of cheese every once in a while and then he posted a picture of a mini bababelle and i knew that we were fine nice
1: <laughs> and Anne doesn't know it but it was at that point that that he filed her away under potentially useful in the future uh, i'm sure sure and uh-huh. then when when <laughs> When archiving came around and Anne's name came back up and we said, how about her as a co-host? Good choice. I'm sure that that was in the back of his mind. I owe it all to Kairos doll. Just <laughs> yes, one more this, thing. Exactly. This entire empire is yours. Now <laughs> Anne, of that.
2: Yes, I remember Ann's first episode and thinking, oh, she's going to be good on this. I hope they bring her back.
1: <laughs> oh, thank
2: you. Uh-huh. I can't listen to that episode. Oh, it was good.
1: Uh, Everybody's starting to learn that your episode on LRB is really just an audition. (laughs) That's true. There is a
0: chance you may be back. (laughs) Anytime. (laughs) Uh,
1: How about a little housekeeping? Uh, Just a reminder uh, on our archiving raffle for your wagon full of loot. Uh, We have just announced, uh, well, last week now, as you hear this, our first winner. And at the end of every month, we're going to assign another winner. You may have noticed when we did that, we did not tell you whose wagon full of loot that winner will be getting. Uh, Mm. We'll leave that a surprise until he receives it. So uh, also because we haven't decided yet. But we will (laughs) assign that probably before you hear this and get that out in the mail. Uh, And we are all really excited to do these wagons. We have spent more time talking about this than things like, when are we going to tape the next episode? Right. (laughs) <laughs> so clearly that's where our priorities are and we hope that you all enjoy them it's it's been it, this started out as a regional snack food thing but now i think we're all really getting invested in wanting to really show our appreciation for the people who do all this archiving work so keep archiving guys so we can uh get you for a, a chance to win one of these because if you don't we won't have anyone to do them for and then we'll be sad And also, as always, uh, do your shopping uh, through Amazon through our link, LittleRedBandWagon.com slash Amazon. Same cost to you, but we get some pennies. If you would like to be
0: on the show, do what Ellen did. Go to the website, LittleRedBandWagon.com, and fill out the Be Our Guest form. We'd love to have you on. You can catch up with us on Facebook at the Stens page or on our page. Our show Twitter is at LRB podcast. Ellen, are you on social media other than Facebook where people can get a hold of you? Um, I am on Twitter, but
2: kind of on and off. I'm not super active. So Facebook's probably best.
0: So a friend Ellen on Facebook and you can see pictures of her dog. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He's very photogenic. (laughs) Email us anytime at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. We want to hear what you have to say. And you can leave us a voicemail at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. Ellen, thanks for being our guest tonight. It was so fun
2: to talk to you. Thank you, guys. This was really fun. I love what you're doing with Little Red
0: Bandwagon. Oh, that's really sweet. So, um, Bobby, do you have anything to add before we get out of here?
1: Uh, Well, just when we're done, as long as we have a doctor on, I've got this thing on my back I want (laughs) Ellen to look at.
2: So what you'll need to do is give it an educational activity. (laughs) Think about your assessment.
0: (laughs) Okay, I I will get us out of here. (laughs) Until next time. This is the next party.
1: And Jen, with your discipline that was thrown out the window long after you left, we love you.
0: Helen, it's your
2: turn. Nailed it. Is that it?
1: That's That's it. it. (laughs) Bye.